I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the Insights episode of the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer. Welcome this week, and excuse the audio being slightly less of a standard than it usually is. That's because I'm having to record on my iPhone because I'm on the move this week and and didn't bring the podcasting equipment. But hopefully this is coming out fairly well. Uh, You can hear and understand me. So let's get cracking. I had a really interesting study that I read the other day by Mercer, and it's called the Global Talents Trends Study, and it was published in 2018. And the purpose of this study was to look at the workforce and find out what things contributed to their well-being. What were the things that really made them enjoy their job and feel happy to be at work? And those things were, number one, flexibility. Number two, purpose. And number three, the company's commitment to health and well-being. So flexibility, so policies around flexibility, the company's purpose and the commitment that they show to health and well-being. I talk a lot about, uh, in different aspects of my work, well-being, particularly well-being in the workplace. Most of us, but not all, will work in a company that's much bigger than ourselves, that isn't owned by us, so we will fit into somebody else's definition of the culture. Uh, That can make it quite tricky to manage good well-being. For example, to have the level of flexibility that you want, to work for a company whose purpose matches yours, and to get the right level of commitment to health and well-being. We all have different needs in terms of health and well-being, a different definition of what well-being is all about. Now, I think the the landscape uh, or the way in which companies will be competing against each other for your talents, for your time, is going to be changing. In fact, it already is changing. Traditionally, the sort of things that we would compete, uh, say myself and five other businesses competing for you, your time, your talent, We would traditionally have competed on the basis of office Um, and depending on your level of seniority, whether you were getting a corner office or whether or not, you know, we we were competing on that basis. Company car, possibly. Certainly it would be salary. And how we tend to compete for talent is salary. And when it comes down to pound, shilling and pence and you spread that across 12 months, often it isn't actually that much to be competing with. And then you set the expectation that when an individual wants to come and negotiate with you, it's going to be around money. And I think that commoditizes people. Where I think the the landscape has changed now is that companies who are truly game-changing, who really understand what well-being is and the importance of it and why it is as much their interest in maintaining an employee's well-being as it is in the interest of the employee. And what I think those companies are going to be doing is competing using their well-being strategy as the lead. So rather than office or salary or car, it's going to be around... Uh, their policy around mental health. It's going to be around what education they can provide and some of the key aspects of well-being. So sleep, mental health, energy, 
um, to a lesser extent, maybe educating on body composition and digestive health and how to stay fit for the rigors of business and fit for the rigors of daily life. Resilience, life changes, self-care, well-being, weight management, all of these kind of things are things that as an employer, you should be deeply interested in for your people. And of course, as an individual, most of us are very interested in uh, anything we can we can do to educate ourselves on how to be more resilient or how to, to manage self-care, uh, how to handle life changes, how to sleep better, how to have good mental health and keep yourself really energised. Other things that companies who are game-changing will be competing on, well-being facilities on site, sleep pods, areas you can go to that are mobile phone free zones where you can literally disconnect uh, whether it's for five minutes or for a full lunch hour or some time ad hoc during the day. A space that might have technology embedded where you can meditate. You can plug into a device like the human charger and get a dose of UV-free blue enriched white light, which is essentially like looking into the sun. Just somewhere where you can chill out. And there are companies now that have that. They have sleep pods. So you can go in there into this little unit, have a 10, 20 minute power nap and come back out refreshed. Uh, there isn't a law firm on this earth that wouldn't benefit from that with the sort of hours that most lawyers do and the need and necessity for retaining detailing, having clarity of mind and indeed in all worlds. Those companies will be providing information and tools how to educate yourselves on these different areas of well-being. Ultimately, how you can take ownership of your own health, giving you all the tools and the resources you need to maintain really good health. Now, I think... You could even build some of this in to what we call a health charter, whereby an individual commits to having and getting a certain amount of sleep, doing certain things to maintain their mental health, certain things to stay energised. And in return, the company pledges to create a culture where well-being is at the top of what they provide, the very top of their priorities, where they enable you to, to get access to information so you can learn about how to sleep well, you can learn about how to manage your mental health and learn how to stay energised, stay resilient. And then you measure each other on that at the end. You know, it's a novel idea, but why not? We measure, each, uh, we measure our individuals on performance, but really well-being should, should be there as a measurable. And if it is, the company is obligated to create that culture where you can prioritise good well-being. Some of these game-changing companies are also having really great policies around pets and kids. So if your kids get sick, what happens? If your pets get sick, what happens? Because for many, many people, pets are as important uh, for those who haven't got kids Pets are extremely important to them. Zappos, for example, has a, a policy. In fact, Zappos, which let's face it, is a call centre, so not known to be the most uh, well-being orientated of workplaces. Um, it's an online shoe retailer and they have a policy whereby you get $250 a year to spend on a rescue animal. So an animal you've got from a rescue shelter. I mean, how incredible is that? So game-changing companies are going to recognise that our priorities are varied. So for some people, it's animals and some it's people and some it's connecting to some other kind of purpose. But a well-being policy that's built around the many different values people have makes you makes you want to stay somewhere. It's a great tool for attracting and retaining uh, employees. So takeaways. Um, those three things, flexibility, purpose, health, commitment to health and well-being. When you're looking around for a role or evaluating your current role, ask some questions around the flexible working scheme. Do they have an agile working scheme? Do they have a work-from-home policy? And then ask how often it's actually used. Talk to some members of your future or would-be team and ask them in reality what does happen when you're asked to work from home. And also ask whether leaders do this, because if the leaders don't, it's quite difficult for the teams below them to exercise their right to work from home. So that would be one thing. 
ask lots of questions about how it works in practice. Number two, purpose. First of all, you've got to figure out what yours is. I mean, mine, my purpose or my values are to live truthfully, live considerately and suck all the marrow out of life, to paraphrase Thoreau. So with that in mind, if I was going back to work in another organisation, I'd have to ask, well, does this company live truthfully? Um, does it does it live considerately or does it operate considerately? And do people really make the most out of life, the people that work here? You know, our purpose as a business for Body Shop Performance, my company, is to power you to prolong your health span through the use of personalised health, fitness and well-being. Um, and everything that we kind of do lives up to that purpose. So find out what your own purpose is, get really clear on that, and then look for companies that enable you to live out that purpose. So if you're into animal welfare, for example, working for, sadly, the Ecova brand recently sold out to a larger organisation that tests on animals. So that wouldn't be a company where you'd want to go and work. So get clear on your own purpose and find a company who allows you to live out that purpose that embodies all your values. And then finally, ask a lot of questions in the health and well-being commitment piece. Really find out how that practically works in a future company. And assuming that those are your priorities, flexibility, purpose and health and well-being commitment, you are much more likely to find a role in which you're happy. And the reason I'm talking about this on this podcast is simple. We spend most of our time working and for many of us, we're deeply unhappy. We have junk values, as I talked about in my previous Insights episode, which force us to be in roles that pay salaries that means we can afford to get the junk and buy the junk and maintain the junk. So if we're going to do these jobs for most of our waking lives, let's make sure that they give us that flexibility, that they have a shared purpose and that they don't make us sick while we're doing them, because that's what a lot of people are doing. They're getting sick, doing jobs that make them deeply deeply unhappy and that's something that part of my purpose is to educate people on that and to try and get people to prioritize their well-being as a number one and work in companies that allow them to do that that's it from me thank you very much for listening again apologies for the slightly subpar audio but if you enjoyed the show rate and review us on itunes and please share it with anyone you think needs to hear this tune in again on wednesday when we'll bring you our next interview episode and other than that thank you for listening all the best for now Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on Take the Test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.